Hi, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to welcome the first of my fraternity brothers to the show. Morgan Anderson and I met in college at SMU in Dallas. Morgan has a very interesting story that I'm excited for you to hear. I'll give you a quick summary to pique your interest. Morgan and his first wife had a daughter, Peyton, who was found to be on the autism spectrum. Morgan talks about what they saw in their girl that made them want to dig and learn more and get her tested. He also tells a very interesting story about equine therapy, aka therapy with horses, that Peyton does, which I think you'll be as mesmerized by as I was. That marriage ended and Morgan spent a bit of time being a single dad, which is another perspective we've not yet had on the show. He then reconnected with a friend from college and turned that into a relationship and into marriage, and now Morgan is a stepfather to two boys, and he's worked to blend those two families. So we're getting a lot in this episode, learning about autism and the therapy they use to help their girl, what it's like to be a single dad, and what it's like to blend families and suddenly have to co-parent boys after only having a girl before that point. Morgan's a hell of a good guy and has such a huge heart. He cracks a few jokes at his own expense, but he's really done a great job navigating all these difficult waters. And now he has a wonderful wife and three great kids that all think he's pretty cool, and we do too. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Morgan Anderson. All right, we are joined by Morgan Anderson. Uh, Morgan is a long, long-term friend of mine. Morgan and I have known each other since the 90s, uh, <laughs> which is... Wow. Uh, we were, yeah, right. Uh, we were fraternity brothers at uh, SMU in the now defunct Lambda Chi Alpha house. Uh, <laughs> not, we didn't get them thrown off, just to make sure everything's clear on that. That was some other kids. Um, but uh, Morgan and I were chatting about uh, his take on parenting and some of the things that he's seen and dealt with. And I'm really excited to have Morgan on the podcast. Welcome, Morgan. Thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is fun. I, mean, I remember when you first kind of launched the podcast and you were talking about what you were doing it for and, and what you were trying to kind of accomplish. And I just thought, like, man, this is really cool. And it's absolutely something that you would do of all my friends. You were actually <laughs> the one that was going to be like, I'm going to do this, you know? And I'm, I just sat there and said, man, of course Scott did this, but no, it's, I'm happy to be here. And uh, while I, uh, I, I'm certainly not the end all be all of, of, uh, of, of being a, a father whatsoever. I think this is, a, this is exactly what this is a, forum is all about just like no one has it all figured out so let's just talk that's it man thank you and that's that's a nice compliment i appreciate that um but yeah that's the whole idea as we as we discussed like we're all just figuring this stuff out as we go so um why don't you give us a quick background on kind of you who you are what you do if you know we can get into the work stuff if that impacts your parenting at all some guys it does some guys it doesn't um but kind of you have an interesting different take than i've had before as far as yeah. um your how you see fatherhood and what you've uh, dealt with Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My background is, is one that, again, I was, and what I do, I guess maybe is a good place to start, uh, is I'm a, a property casualty insurance broker uh, that specializes in real estate. So uh, basically uh, I could get real fancy with it, but no one cares about insurance. Uh, the easiest way to end a discussion in a, uh, at a, a, a cocktail party is to talk about insurance. You will find people running for the bar. Like, oh, I'm empty. Got to go. Oh, it's so yeah, weird. My, my eyes is dry. <laughs> you have a full beer in your hand. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but so effectively, uh, I, you know, the other more kind of global word for it would be risk management is what we're in is we help our clients do. And my clients just happen to own real estate. So that's that's what I do in, in a nutshell. And, and again, I do it on a, a kind of a corporate level. Uh, and uh, so definitely I'm not your 
which is funny because you've had somebody on that is the State Farm guy, uh, right. but uh, right. which is which I was a, one of, again a great episode by the way. And thanks, sir. And uh, so yeah, but I typically do what do what he does, except uh, I do it on uh, more of a commercial level. So gotcha. Uh, anyway, so and then my background is again I, I grew up in Southern California uh, in Orange County. Uh, I will not call it the OC. I refuse uh, for many reasons. I grew up in Newport Beach. Um, there you go. And there you go. Because someone had to, and uh, that's a really crappy, overly privileged white kid answer to, uh, <laughs> you know, to uh, you know, where did I come from? But I, I, I'm quite getting back to all seriousness. I was very, very fortunate from literally the day I was born. I was adopted, um, and I was uh, uh, into you know in a loving Christian home. Uh, and uh, again, you know, mom and dad, I have, a, I have an older brother who's uh, also adopted. We are not blood related, but uh, he's a few years older than me. Um, and then uh, I have a sister, who lives, younger sister who lives still in South County. How do you like that? Um, wow. In Orange, okay. in Orange County, right? Uh, so yeah, and my folks still live in uh, in Newport as well. So yeah, but that's that's where I grew up um, and a pretty soft upbringing. I didn't, didn't want for much, didn't uh, Ask, you know, I'm sure I asked for a lot, but I didn't want for much. Uh, but um, that's a different, different deal. But and then, as you know, ended up uh, going to the University of Soft People, um, SMU, uh, and that was. Uh, I originally went there to play golf, right? Um, that's I went right. There to, yeah. I tried to walk on the team, and that was a kind of a failed experiment, which uh, is a whole other therapy podcast we don't need to get into. Um, but uh, um, actually, was the best thing that happened to me in terms of you know my my college experience and. So, yeah, and then got to go to college and and uh, after we, you know, four glorious years of, you know, being a brother of Lambda Chi Alpha, God rest mm-hmm. in peace, uh, <laughs> for our, our Game of Seven chapter, um, uh, then uh, went back to Newport Beach and, yeah, that's where I ended up uh, uh, getting getting married um, and uh, was, uh, was married for 11 years. I uh, had my uh, daughter and then uh, subsequently marriage didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that uh, you you know, turn in your, your badge as being a dad. So um, that's maybe a little bit of a, uh, what's it look like to, you know, be a, a dad that's, a, you know, in a, uh, you know, not, I wasn't a single dad for long, um, <laughs> but I was, uh, I, uh, I ended up, uh, um, you know, reconnecting with a girl that you and I went to school with and through a bunch of uh, long distance dating and whatnot, we ultimately got married, which I'm incredibly grateful and lucky to be able to say, and um, ended up all this, Brought me back to Dallas, um, which is where I live now, uh, and uh, that's 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 where we are. My daughter ended up being um, also moving uh, with her mom um, and uh, her the step family. Uh, they live in the, uh, the Austin area, so she's in Texas as well. So which is, I had meant to ask you that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Everybody asked that. Everybody's like, wow, you're that guy that just said I'm out. Huh? I'm like, no, God, like I wasn't the guy that just said, yeah, I'm moving. And your daughter, who? Oh, yeah, her. Uh, yeah, well, I'll see her at some point. No, that's right. Which is totally not so, your. Not me, right? No. So, no, you know, so they, I, got, I was very, very lucky in the process um, that they ended up moving to, uh, to Texas as well. And so uh, Dallas and Austin are give or take three hours apart by car, um, but uh, it's a 30 minute flight. So. Um, it's easy to, for her to, to pop up and, uh, and see us. Um, but, uh, yeah, my daughter spends most of her time, uh, down in the Austin area with her mom and, uh, their family. And because she, it just wouldn't make sense from a schooling standpoint for her to bounce back and forth. Just, it, you know, that doesn't make any sure. sense because prior to us moving, we were, we had 50, 50 custody where you know, she was you know, with me one week and then her mom one week and, you know, back and forth. So, um, but you know, now we had to make that change. Uh, and so now we see her 
one weekend uh, a month, she comes up uh, to stay, be in Dallas with us. And, uh, and then also um, we, we're gonna get her for much bigger chunks of time in the summer like uh you know like almost like a month at a time and then that kind of thing so it's a uh, we'll make up that time uh that uh you know we don't get um during during the month but uh you know when i say us by the way i should also say that my um my uh, wife uh also has uh, two boys um you know who are 13 and 9 and my daughter is about to be 15 um and so uh, that is Whole another thing we can get into too, but uh, that is uh, it's it's been great. Uh, it's been uh, constantly learning and constantly trying to figure out uh, what the right thing is to do, and you know whenever these little parenting things come up and challenges in life and all that. But it's a pretty fun ride, and it's been amazing that uh, just turned 42. Uh, it's it's been pretty great so far, <laughs> and just as handsome as ever. Well. That- I, you know, I, I do feel like my hair is thinning a bit. And this is, again, it's a whole nother psychiatry session, but I think it's, you know, uh, certain strength brothers of mine would, would not believe that's possible, but uh, it is, uh, it, it, it does happen. So I think we're going to have to look into maybe getting your podcast sponsored by, you know, hey, you or something. I don't know. Let, figure it out. That's great. Yeah. We should probably just do a free ad right now. Like one of the, <laughs> the reason I mentioned that is one of the things that I, one of my favorite members of you, one of the things I always loved about you is you had a bit where when we'd be getting ready to go out, in the house you you'd go in the bathroom and tell yourself how handsome you were or we tell each other how handsome we were and it was a bit but i remember it really kind of and i don't know if i ever told you this like it really i think it really helped my confidence in a way like it would to actually stop and like you know try to get a little swagger you know uh, I, I we we get to see that a lot actually because of uh, the, the proximity to the bathroom that uh, that uh, uh, um, right. our, our that brother Fowler um, and i had uh, with our room there and yeah, it, it was an absolute bit um, for, you know, the three people that listen to this, right? Um, I, I'm thinking that, that uh, you know, they're like, wow, this guy's that, that, that arrogant. No, it was really to go inside. I think it morphed into a, we should apologize to people when we walk into a room for being so good looking. That's and right. That's was, where I got to. Yeah. Which, was, which was absolute just, just <laughs> bit stupidity of us being like, you know what? We know this is so far from being true, but we think it's funny and hilarious. And if it makes us feel more confident about going out than so be it. <laughs> yeah, and it's the kind of thing that we never really talked about the how or why. It was just a no. bit, but um, <laughs> no. it's funny. I, I somehow came up the other day. My dad remembered me doing it, and he he was rich. He was like, well, "Which was our fraternity brother?" I was like, "Yeah, but that's Morgan and and, and brother No Fun Fowler, who who oh. we, got, we got to give props to to our boy Ryan. Like, absolutely, he's going to get him on here at some point. But um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so so let's you, you just gave me the whole background, and that's a lot, man. That's a lot. So let's 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 right. back all the way up and unpack some of this stuff because I yep. think you've got some really interesting perspectives. So, you know, let's talk about kind of the the you mentioned it as a brief period, but like single dad. Tell mm-hmm. me about what that was like. Like, how do you? What was that change like? How did you parent differently? You know, how was how was the relationship with Peyton different during that during that period of time? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there are dads. You know, I know some guys that are unfortunately kind of struggling with potentially potential divorce or what have you. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, statistically it happens. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, let's eyes open, think about like, are there ways that you found that that worked well? Are there things mm-hmm. you go back and tell yourself like, Oh, if only I had done X, Y, Z, you know, for advice. Right. Like, tell me, tell me what I was like. Well, I think that it, it's a great question. I, I think that uh, what I 
the way I approached it was uh, the as my my wife will attest the no plan plan, <laughs> which is I think all too often what we do as as men especially is to say right. uh, I'm just going to as it comes we'll figure it out and that was that was probably kind of part of it and and really I think it was you know, I can tell you that, again having gone through that part where you're wondering you know what your you know, that marriage is going to look like when it's over and and what's it going to be like and there's a lot of fear of the unknown which is very common for all of us i think that one of the things that i wanted to make sure that that i did was to not lose uh what it was from a relationship standpoint that i have with my daughter it being that look i'm effectively had made the choice to not be married anymore and it really was in my mind for the surely there's uh, personal reasons why you do that but really it was you know because I wanted to be able to be the best you know father I could be and I don't think you can really do that if you are coming from a place of being unhappy uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that was uh, what I had made a decision to do you know at that point was to say look I want to be the best dad I can be and I will say that uh, as in that kind of period of that where uh, I credit my my wife um, for uh, this tremendously was as well as helping, you know, as I was dating her and also, you know, kind of, you know, in newly in that kind of divorced, you know, position, you know, is that you, you know, think about, you know, what is it to, to be a parent that is now you know, no longer with the, you know, the mother of your, of your child. And I think that ultimately it's, uh, thinking about it, like, look, yeah, there is going to be pain. There are going to be good days too. Uh, but at, at the same time, it really was figuring out how do I be the best for um, my daughter or your, you know, for your child. So it's, and a lot of that was, you know, seeking counsel from, from people that, uh, that have been through it before. Uh, and, and I, and again, I'm not ashamed to admit at all that uh, I sought some professional help as well. I think that's something that yeah. I would, if I'm going to be vulnerable as, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, on this, I think that's, by the one thing a lot of people don't like to talk about, especially guys, but sometimes you got to go talk to a professional and, 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 and ask them, you know, how, how do I deal with this? What do I do? Um, and I think a lot of that and kind of a mixture of that um, was, uh, you know, not just uh, the personal therapy, but also uh, encouragement from, uh, you know, from friends and, and family and people who have been there, uh, you know, because stats don't lie. I mean, 50% of us are not going to be you know, married forever. Right. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. kind of how it goes. So I think, you know, it's a long winded answer, but I think it's a really is a, uh, the things that I did were to really try and, you know, just focus and kind of dive into the things that are, are normal in your life, i.e. your work, um, schedules, that kind of thing. Uh, but then I'll just be mindful that this is an opportunity. And that's probably really the, the punchline here is that it, it is an opportunity to reconnect with my daughter and also to be a better dad. And that's really what, came out of that is that I became a, the type of dad I probably should have been all along. Um, and not to say that I was, you know, a, a deadbeat before, at least I don't think I was. Um, but it was, I think being more aware, being more just engaged and, and, and involved, um, because you go from, you know, especially being coming from a, a only child, uh, situation, uh, with my daughter, we only had one, um, to now you've got two weeks a month where, you're, you're, you're one-on-one, right? And there is no, you know, that you don't have that, you know, in-house backup of the other parent to, uh, you know, help and facilitate the, the parenting. So again, it was a lot of it was something that you, I think you looked at as an opportunity to say, Hey, this is something I'm going to re-engage and, and, and make this the best that the, the best that I can. But a lot of, a lot of late night discussions with friends and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of things goes out to them for sure for keeping you on the steady. That's, I mean, that, thanks man. Thanks for sharing all that. I mean, 
yep. you know, as you, as you talked about on therapy thing, just spend a second on that. You know, I've mentioned uh, on this before and you and I have talked about, you know, I've been in therapy for about seven years and mm-hmm. it's literally just the best thing because, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's that, as, as we were emailing about, like, you know, I don't mean to turn into like a, a hype man for therapists. <laughs> <laughs> you get a, is there a national board of therapists that can sponsor Seriously. this thing? But like, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, it's totally expected for you and your professional career to have a mentor, right? And it's mm-hmm. totally expected for you to uh, have a coach in sports and what have you. But the idea of like asking another person who knows shit better than you do about how to do life stuff um, mm-hmm. for some reason is 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 greeted with a stigma. And right. uh, and I think I think about it that way. Like like you know you run into a rough patch or you need some help. You need some help thinking about some stuff. It's nice to have somebody who's not involved in the day-to-day right because as you mentioned family and friends i mean you can't necessarily ask your wife who you're going through this with for her opinion on all of your emotional stuff because there's a lot packed into that kind of line of questioning right Right. how you got there and everything else so that's not necessarily viable good for you for reaching out and good for you for acknowledging it too because you know destigmatizing this i think is super important I, Um, i totally agree as far as the single dad stuff like just you know what does that world really look like i, I think about you know my wife takes care of food and shopping and clothes and everything's got everything everything she takes care of everything like literally and, and it's it's i always saw it as such a uh still do such a gift that amy doesn't have to work because it just facilitates so much of everything in our lives and mm-hmm. i don't know half the shit that goes on right realistically <laughs> maybe half. where half the shit is <laughs> right exactly so i mean what's that like to go to that shift of like i gotta cook i gotta clean i gotta get her to practice i gotta you know tell me tell me more about that yeah it's uh the 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 shift is a lot of eating out um i'm kidding sure Uh, initially initially yeah it is because a lot of it is my daughter's mom was someone who was comfortable in the kitchen and and so yeah all that all the cooking was done you know by her so it was something that you realize wow uh i can make eggs uh, and I cannot burn water. I think we're, that's about it. I think we're, oh, and a steak, because guys are just born knowing how to grill. We can't explain right. it. We just can. So we just do it. We just um, got Right. No, no, tells you when, how, what to do. It just, we just know. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, but outside of that, you know, you're, you're, you know, you definitely got to get creative, right? I mean, you can't just keep your, you, you can't just say, yeah, we're going to go, you know, go get Chipotle every night. You know, this doesn't work, right? You know, so yeah. it's, and again, a part of that is, you know, uh, you know, part of it with the age that, uh, you know, you are when, or that your, your children are when you, you know, find your, yourself in that, uh, you know, single parent mode is, you know, our, you know, I was in a way, I guess, fortunate that my daughter was, you know, uh, was a little, was a little bit older, meaning that she was you know, not a toddler or anything. I mean, she was, sure. you know, you know, almost, uh, you know, you know, almost, uh, you know, nine years old. So, I mean, it was one of those things where, um, it, that, that helped as well too. And, and again, it, but it, when you find yourself in that, yeah, you kind of, the, the reality of it is you go, okay, it's on me. If, yeah. she, if, if I, if I, you know, get that thing in the morning where I'm going, Hey, I'm tired and I just, I'm not pulling it together. I gotta get ready for work now too. Well, before, and they call you, I'm glad you called it out what it is. You and I are lucky to have, you know, women in our, our lives that, you know, our, our wives that are literally willing to do everything for us. Yep. And, and we look at it and go, man, I, I had a, a struggle to get to work this morning and they probably want to look at you and punch you in the nose. Right. Cause you get to go, are you kidding me? Like I got myself ready and two other humans, like, what did you do? You know? Right. So it's, it, it was funny as, as guys, I think we do that. We look at it and we say, yeah, well, we're, we're all good. Well, all of a sudden 
now you do realize, wow, yeah, you're getting yourself ready. You still got to get yourself to, you know, to work. You also got to, you know, get, you know, your, in this case, you know, my daughter to school. And, and so again, I, I ultimately made the decision to engage some help as well in the afternoons where I, I had someone go and uh, pick, um, you know, my daughter up from school so that I could get that last two and a half hours at work. Right. You know, so I wasn't losing kind of that kind of two o'clock on, you know, kind of productivity uh, at work and, and, and then was able to come home and then, you know, that was something that actually worked out. And again, I, I again give a lot of credit to to my wife, you know, for helping you know think about those things and 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 uh, you know think about you know, hey, if this is something that's going to help you, you know, be more productive and and all that, then it's maybe it's worth the the expense, right? So that's again, everybody's situation will be a little bit different, but uh, yeah. I think that's something that really really helped me. But again, and the same thing, I realized you know, cutting out in the afternoons to get my daughter down to you know her activities that are. Um, you know, after school, even, you know, that she luckily wasn't involved in a ton of stuff. Um, but uh, the, the stuff she was involved in, yeah, that was, uh, that was, I needed help to do that. And I think you just have to be willing to say, put your hand up and go, yep, I need help. And whether that comes from grandma or that comes from, uh, you know, comes from someone that you're, you're paying to help do it, then either way, you got to just, there's a different form to everybody, but that's what ultimately, you know, kind of worked, worked for me. So I, I like the way you talked about the opportunity component, and I like mm-hmm. the way you sort of talked about the the silver lining of the whole thing. Like, how did this mm-hmm. process, or the you know the time you were able to spend one on one, change your relationship with uh, with your daughter? Well, I think that the way that it, it changed it with me is that it made me, uh, um, frankly, a lot. You know, I went from the the dad that was, you know, not completely you know, leave it to beaver style, like rolled in and, you know, Hey, is everything ready? Great. I was out slaying dragons all day. Like, no, you weren't, you were out selling insurance. You know? <laughs> Where's my so scotch? Was, right. Seriously. Right. And my slippers. Um, it, it's, it really was something where I got, you know, you get home and, and you're, you know, that, that morning times before work. And then, you know, after, after work, and then also on the weekend, you, it's the, it's an amazing amount of one-on-one time. But if you think about it, you just don't get when you are either one, a parent of multiple children because then it's you know you go from man to man to zone to you know god help us you know but um you know and then now i look at it and thought gosh i have it's 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 in a way it's like you've you've gone on vacation with you know just one of your children and you you know they you get to talk about everything with them um and it provided an opportunity to talk about a lot of things some of the things that you know were which is interesting being you know being that i have a daughter um you know some things were as her you know you get through body changes and a bunch of other stuff, you know, those are all things that, you know, you, you, you can't punt. <laughs> there's no, yeah, you know, there's, you there's, there's, you know, yeah, as much as you want to. And some of that stuff, some of the things that, you know, for comfort, for comfort level for, you know, my daughter too, I will punt it back to her mom. Um, but uh, um, that's something that, uh, that, that's probably what I meant in terms of opportunity. That was to where, you know, you're, there's no going to anybody else, uh, literally, because logistically, there's no one else there but you. So uh, it's it, at that point, it's you begin to rely on each other and you develop just a little bit of a relationship. I, I, I quite honestly, Scott, feel like you, you wouldn't be able to have when you are or, or no, I'll take that back. I don't know if it's you wouldn't be able to have it. I think it's something that you when you're in a more traditional two parent you know, model in terms of a, a family, I think that you're just having that amount of, of one-on-one time is difficult to carve out uh, without causing disruption with, you know, maybe other kids or, or, or what have you. So it's, uh, again, I think that's why it was, was lucky for me. And it allowed me to, you know, again, just invest in, in my daughter and also kind of take stock of a lot of the things I wasn't doing um, and doing as well, um, you know, in terms of, of uh, you know, just really 
listening, not just hearing her, but literally really listening to, you know, what she was saying and, and see, figuring out how I could be, be there, you know, for her. Um, tell me more about Peyton. <laughs> Peyton is, uh, she, she's cool. She, man, she's, uh, and, and not just cause she's my daughter, she's cool, but, uh, she's, uh, you know, the one thing about her is, is that she, um, she, that I don't think it defines her, but it's something that I always kind of start with, which for people that are, haven't met her before is that she is a high functioning autistic. Um, and I think you and I have talked about that before. Um, and, uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, she was, she was diagnosed, uh, probably later than most, uh, and that she was about three and a half or almost four uh, years old. Most kids that it's between like two and three. And frankly, most of it's boys. Um, they get yeah. diagnosed with this, not girls. Her mom and I were, uh, knew something was kind of up, uh, only because uh, for a few reasons, but, uh, one of them was that my mom actually was a, uh, uh, speech and pathology major. So she was a mm. speech therapist for a while. It was one of those things where she, uh, she had noticed that Peyton wasn't really talking as much. Um, she wasn't as verbal as maybe she should be. And some of those things were markers that she wasn't hitting. And so she brought that up. And so we, that in between that and some input that we had gotten from, um, you know, some of, uh, you know, other people that we know that are kind of in that field, uh, we said, Hey, let's just go have her, have her tested. So, um, unfortunately there, she's not at a school at that point. Right. I mean, she's not, she's not old right. enough to be in class. So it's all private testing and whatnot, which is, you know, luckily we're, and we had the, the means to be able to do that. And then when she was, uh, when she was diagnosed, I can tell you that it was a, it was a huge lift in terms of, uh, for her mom and I, in terms of what was, what was going on with her and then, but also what was going on with us? Like how are, cause we want to be able to communicate, you know, with her and she wasn't fully nonverbal. She just wasn't, you know, probably hitting some of the marks that she, she should be. And, and so we, it gave us an opportunity to also, I think, look at it as, as Hey, how do we, how are we going to have to learn some things of, of how to and make this a little bit easier, easier for her. So um, in terms of communication and cause there, and there were some other things that we saw too. I mean, she was, she was really sensitive to sound uh, and, uh, and things that you shouldn't be sensitive to, you know, like, you know, you're, you know, in the bathroom, you know, with her and, and she's, you know, the toilet flushes and she, you know, freaks out. I mean, you know, literally to wear hands over her ears screaming and, and you kind of think, why would she do that? You know, but it's, and so she had some, some big sound sensitivity issues uh, and, uh, and as well as some of the, it's tougher to see when they're younger, but um, some of those social issues, you know, that, uh, um, you really don't start really kind of developing and showing themselves until they get a little bit older. Um, but, uh, really it was all her other issue was obviously some more kind of processing issues. Um, and, uh, so, you know, two, you know, multi-step direction stuff, that kind of thing. So those were the things that we stepped in and said, you know what, we should, you know, have it looked at. And we did. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we did because we were able to start getting her early on, which is the key to all of this is that, you know, since autism is a spectrum disorder, you know, it, right. there's no real cure, there's no pill, there's no surgeries, no anything. It's just, you got to try and get him as much therapy as, as possible. And we did a lot of that, um, even up to and including something that's become a real passion of Peyton, which is um, equine therapy. Um, yeah, with, you know, I, I've horses. seen, you guys talk about that? Like, what is, what, mm -hmm. how does, how did, the, how did you find that? <laughs> what does that do for her? So this is random. So her mom um, grew up on horses, grew up on a horse ranch. And, uh, and it was one of those things where uh, she kind of had knew about it. And, and um, it was one of those, and she still has, from where her family lives, uh, still had some contacts up there. And they mentioned a place down in uh, Orange County in California that was 
uh, said, hey, you should go check this thing out uh, it's in a, a place called the, the Shea Center. Um, and uh, it was it's a place, uh, from what we understand now, is kind of nothing, there's any other place like it kind of in the country, really. There are other places that do it, but not to their level. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, effectively, the, the What theory, was it called again? Uh, I just want to make sure I write it down. Yeah, the Shea Center, S-H-E-A. Um, it's the, the Shade Center, yeah. So they're great people there. Um, Peyton rode there for many years. And uh, basically uh, what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a form of what they call hippotherapy um, as well as equine therapy. And the, the, short, the short strokes of it are is that, and this, uh, to see this demonstration, by the way, is very cool. And I don't know if this is going to make it under the, you know, cutting them floor or not, but I'm going to tell you what it, this is because it's really and, cool. Uh, and 100% is because I'm enthralled okay. by this. Okay, so... The, the horse's pelvis basically shares the same, what they call kind of, I think there's like three plane, dimensional planes of, of the human pelvis. So like there's the, like there's the front to back part, there's the sides, the side parts, and then, um, you know, there's, there's all, and then the rotation of, of the, of the uh, pelvis as well. So the, oddly enough, when a horse walks and when a human walks, what they call their gait is very similar. Like it, it literally is, it mean, the upper body reacts kind of the same way. And they actually do a demonstration where, um, they have one of their, their therapists that will, you know, kind of has a, a kind of on this black, you know, kind of uh, all like black shirt and black pants and like this white tape. And then she walks, you know, not on a horse. She kind of walks, you know, kind of in, you know, in front of you for whatever, 30 yards. You can kind of see how the tape moves. Then she sits on top of a horse and walks the same distance and her upper body moves exactly the same way. So her it, body it, moves the same way while she's sitting on a horse? Correct. correct. Just, wow. Which is, that's the part that you just look at. You go, there's no way this is like, what, what am I watching right now? This is kind of, you know, trickery and magic is going on. But it's, it literally is, that's the deal. And what it is, is basically it's so many folks who have disabilities, whether it's, you know, mental or whether they've got, you know, MS or cerebral palsy or whatever it may be, all these things, all those folks will, has been shown anyway, can benefit um, from this kind of equine kind of hypotherapy. And uh, because a lot of those folks in those, that have those physical disorders, as well as some of the mental disorders like autism, um, they, their core is very weak and they actually have issues with how they, uh, you know, how they actually are able to use their, their bodies um, in terms of kind of their motor skills and that kind of thing. So it's, there's a lot of you know, benefits to this kind of therapy because it's, because if you think about it, you know, one of the things that Peyton was involved in a lot of different therapies. One of them was you know, the, the, uh, again, at the Shea Center, which was great, but she also did social therapy. She did uh, speech and hearing therapy. She did the, uh, the noise, you know, therapy. So there's all these different things she was doing, but ultimately uh, at the, at this, for this equine therapy that she was doing is she got all of it all at once because she has to, you know, handle multi-step directions as she's being told what to do on a horse. She has to be able to gauge the movement of the horse as well as you know, balance and kind of visual perception and, and a lot of other sensory things that are going on. And so, uh, you know, she had to do all of this all at once while being in a group of other riders. So there's your social component, right? So she's mm -hmm. getting all this other therapy all at once. And it was just kind of like, it's, I used to joke, it's kind of the Uber therapy, um, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all rolled into one thing. So it's very cool. Um, and again, we, we've seen, you know, tremendous uh, benefit for her. Uh, and lucky enough, when she moved to to, uh, to Texas, we actually had you know, found a place um, as well down near where she lives um, in Austin that uh, um, she's able to keep riding. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really a cool thing. That's really interesting. So, so equine therapy and, and you said hip, hippotherapy? Yeah, yeah, hippotherapy. So H-I-P-P-O and then therapy. So huh. hippotherapy. Um, they kind of go together. Um, and I am not qualified to break all that down, but it's, I can tell you that, that, is, that that's what it was called. And a lot of it is just you know, how to help, help folks who, you know, are, 
you know, again, some of these people that you see at, you know, at, at I watched as, you know, Peyton was writing, some of these kids and some adults, mostly, mostly kids of all ages, some of them can't even sit up on a horse, Scott. It, it's crazy. And mm-hmm. they, they, they literally lay on the horse. And, but even, even that, even them laying, you know, on a horse where, you know, where most people would be sitting up, they still get the benefit, oddly enough, of, of the movement of almost like you're walking. So you imagine a, you know, a kid who's got, you know, who, who I saw there was a couple of kids there who had uh, um, cerebral palsy and, and, you know, and they would, you know, it really couldn't have very good use of their legs. And, and, you know, not every story is, is going to be a, you know, a screening success, but there's a couple of kids there that over the, you know, multiple years of Peyton Road where you, you'd watch that kid go from, you know, being, you know, not being able to walk and having to have a, a walker, but you can get around and then all of a sudden they wouldn't have a walker anymore, but they still had some of the, you know, the leg kind of splints and whatnot. And then ultimately, you know, you'd see them where they almost were walking without help. It is, it's amazing what, wow. they're doing. You know, and I'm sure these kids are also getting other therapies. Don't get me sure. wrong, but I mean, but still this thing was something that you see. And here's the biggest thing. And this is the part that always kind of chokes me up when I talk about it, but it's, it's when you get, the benefit of this more than anything else physical is that all these kids who have may look different because of something they got going on mentally or physically, or they might just feel different um, because of the same thing, they, they, they get judged 24 seven, right? I mean, they are people looking at them thinking now this person's weird or this kid is this or that. It's really kind of an interesting piece where they, uh, uh, they're able to sit on a you know a thousand pound animal and control that animal and tell that animal what to do with the help of obviously a lot of you know, therapy riders and and other folks right there with them. But the horse never judges them. It never it never looks at them and says why do you look weird or it never excludes them from a game or anything else. It's and again it, 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 it all it does is say I'm here let's ride let's do it you know and I think I always saw that whenever would go she always just carried this confidence for the rest of the week you know that she felt that she wasn't going to get anywhere else because she was able to be on top of that horse which is you know absolutely her happy place and and a level of control over that situation mm-hmm. that she maybe doesn't yep. have it wow so really i mean i'm blown away right now because like there are so many facets to this like the physical mm-hmm. therapy aspect i didn't anticipate like i mm-hmm. think as i thought about it i was expecting Yes, the emotional component, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and then having a daughter, I, of course, jumped to the cliche of girls and horses that there is just some magical bond that happens there. But of course, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, all that. Right, right. But like, you know, for some reason, like girls and horses seem to be bonded. But it's so much deeper than that. Like the physical therapy component, I didn't anticipate at all. Um, that's really mm-hmm. interesting. And that's really yeah. cool. So what's the name of the place? I'm going to take these notes and put them in the show notes. Um, yeah. So it's the, that, that place is just called, yeah, the Shea Center. Shea Center. But that one, yeah. But it, the Shea Center one is kind of because of the funding locally and the kind of way it's run. It's, I think it's, again, no disrespect to any of the other places around the country to do this, but I think it's really, my understanding is kind of the preeminent place to have it done. So again, having living, being able to have lived only half hour from there was just an incredible stroke of luck. So. Now a word about our friends at Shoes and Feet. Shoes and Feet is both the best running shoe store and the best supportive comfort shoe store that you can find at the same time in the same store. One side of the store helps runners get the gear they need. For anyone training for their first 5K all the way up to marathon runners, they analyze your gait, they suggest the right shoes for you. The other side helps folks with foot issues get the supportive and comfortable products and shoes that they need by connecting with their doctors. So both sides are linked by an extraordinarily knowledgeable staff. I personally have bought three pairs of running shoes from them that I love. And recently my older daughter was complaining of foot and heel pain and their staff suggested some wonderful orthotics and other tools to help minimize this issue for them. If you're in Bellevue, check them out at the Kelsey Creek Shopping Center 
The address is 15015 Main Street. You can also find them at shoesandfeet.com. That's shoes and then the letter N and then feet, all one word, .com. So for any running, walking, or comfort shoe you need, you should start at Shoes and Feet. And so now she's in Austin. How old is she now? She's going to be 15. Yeah. Holy. Is she really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's going to be 15. So, yeah, she's uh, and so she's in eighth grade. She's finishing up eighth grade, or she's, I guess, right in the middle of eighth grade. And I'm actually almost done. Like a few months left. I can't believe there's years flying. But, yeah, so she's almost done with eighth, and she'll, uh, she'll be a high schooler. Um, How's you know? Yeah. How was her adjustment to Texas? Is she enjoying it? I mean, she's done really well. I, yeah, yeah. Again, one of the one of the beauties of of her being you know on the on the autism spectrum is that, uh, uh, and it's something my wife and I laugh about a little bit is that uh, is that she she makes friends real easy, and then when you know, she still goes through the the pain sometimes of when you know. You know, 14 and 15 year old girls are being 14 yep. and 15 year old girls. Yep. Um, good luck. Good luck with that, by the way. Um, and <laughs> it, yep. uh, it, uh, but it's, again, she also, I think because of some of the not having a, a full grasp of kind of the interpersonal, uh, um, you know, kind of relationships that, that she struggles with, uh, just kind of the understanding of it. Um, I think it's, it's, it has helped her actually, because she gets to, for her, you ask her about, Oh, did you make a friend? She's like, Oh yeah, person's my best friend. You're like, Oh, wow. You met him like, 20 minutes ago. Hey, cool. Awesome. You're besties. That's great. You know, so it's, it's, she has a little bit of a breakdown there in terms of, you know, kind of what, uh, um, you know, how she kind of views other, uh, um, you know, other kids and they all, they become instant fast friends, which, which is good for her. So she's had a, she's really gone, um, done well in that respect. And, but again, there's challenges with that too, which is that, you know, do you want her making fast friends with the wrong people? Um, sure. you know, no, you know, but so there's some of that is what we've, you know, kind of struggle with as of late. And that's, uh, you know, but again, that's part of, uh, you know, just hoping that you're, you know, you're going to, she'll be able to, you know, regulate that in between, you know, having, obviously she has her, her mom there too, to, to, you know, help with that. But uh, yeah, so that, but she, overall she's done, she's done very well in, in all facets of where most things show up when, you know, kids go through and all that we within a few years of your parents split up and then you, you know, you go to, then you move and all that. I mean, you would affect, her interpersonal relationships in school, everything else is starting to get affected. And she's actually done incredibly well in all that. That's awesome. So, yeah. so for parents that may be like thinking about, I wonder if this kind of behavior is normal or this sort of growth mm -hmm. in this area is appropriate or whatever. Like, you know, you mentioned the testing piece, just as far as advice, like what would you recommend to somebody who maybe is seeing something and they're like, ah, I wonder if like, what, what's a Right. Uh, it, well, I would say this uh, is that, you know, again, what, what worked for, you know, me and, and, and Peyton's mom and, and Peyton isn't going to necessarily work for everybody. But I think that the things that we, it would be this, and, and it's funny, I talk with my, my wife about this too, and, and for other kids you see, you know, around where you know, just because I have a child who's on the spectrum, I just, you know, some kids acting up, I'm, I don't automatically look at them and go, oh, that kid's on the spectrum. <laughs> you know, it's not, uh, it's not how it works. You know, some people, some people fall into that trap, I think, as, as parents of a, of a, of a quote unquote special needs, needs child. But I think that what to do is, is not to be, you know, overly sensitive to it. But at the same time, if you, if you look at, you know, I would say if you have a, a child who is, you know, just displaying behaviors that just don't seem right. Um, and there are some things that are very consistent, you know, with, uh, with, with, you know, autism, which are, again, there's a bunch of great resources out there, by the way. One of them is Autism Speaks, uh, which is one of the national kind of charities, if you will, for, or, and also for developing understanding and acceptance of, of, of those with autism. And that's a, um, and I think their website's just autismspeaks.org, I think. But uh, okay, they, yeah. 
yeah, they are. Uh, they do a great job uh, as well of you know, kind of letting you know kind of what factors are out there and what you know. And again, the funny part is I could say something to you, and like I've told other people who have asked me the question, "What does it look like with you know w- with a child with autism?" And I'll say, "Well, you know, she may he or she may have you know trouble concentrating for you know, literally at all, like to where they just bounce from one thing to the next, or as I call it, kind of the the as we're talking, hey, there's a squirrel." You know, it's one of those moments, right. I know, but it's, right. but, and, and then you've got that, you've got, you know, socially, they don't, you know, don't always seem to kind of really fit in. They tend to kind of hover on the outside of the groups. They don't really tend to want to engage um, and, you know, just kind of more kind of happier being you know, with themselves. Uh, and then when they are part of a group, they don't seem to really just kind of mesh. They, again, they kind of are orbiting. They're not really kind of it's what they call it, orbiting. It's not really something that they're inside the group. Those kind of things are, again, you know, you're, you're, are, are they, is there delayed speech? Is there things that they're not speaking when they should be, when their friends are? Uh, so those are all things, again, those are only three or four things under a host of stuff that if you, if, if you some people look at that and go, well, it sounds like me. <laughs> well, like, yeah, we, you, you've got to take it with a grain of salt too. That you know, there, if, if you have some con- concerns, I would say you know the schools actually um, have a budgets aren't huge for this. Uh, and I think one of your other um, you know guys, one of your other guests you had on, talked about uh, you know the the challenge of having to get advocates to kind of fight for your kids. Yeah. And, and yeah. do that. And I when we went down that road too, and we hired an advocate. So I mean, and again, it's those. Yeah, but at the same time, the schools, if they're of that age, you know, will, you know, will test. If you think something's kind of up, so to speak, uh, you can have them look at that. But ultimately, I think the best thing to do is to, um, if you have that inkling and something's, you know, persisting, then as parents, you get that feeling, right? You just, you, something's wrong, you know, and you, and you, again, I'm not saying go rush and medicate your kids. That's a whole nother discussion. But I think it's also, um, if it is something that's more than just a, an ADD or something like that, which is also a legit thing. I can say it because I have that, um, and it's something I've dealt with for a long time. But that's a, again, that's something that is different. This is a, a an autism, um, you know, spectrum disorder or something that uh, definitely I would my advice would be to if you got that inkling or if, if maybe one of your friends or families is bold enough to say something to you, like my mom said to us, um, then you know what, kind of swallow your pride a little bit and say, look, I'd rather know than not know. I like that. That's a good way to think of it. Be an advocate, ask the questions, mm-hmm. don't try to mm-hmm. dodge because it might be scary to open that up. Exactly. All right. So then all of a sudden we reconnect with uh, with Austin, which I just <laughs> yeah. feel like is like adorable. Like I just love wow. that y'all two got back together and, you know, reconnected. Yeah. I think it's which just is, cool. It's just, it, it's great. And I think it's funny that we, you know, after, you know, 15 and a half years of not really, not, 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 not really, literally not talking to each other. Um, we, you know, uh, reconnect and then you know that turns into kind of a fairy tale story where we end up you know falling in love and and uh, and and taking the the next chapter of this you know wild ride together. So we've, I'm incredibly fortunate. So now you got to throw another variable into the mix, right? So now you're living in California at the time, right? Yep. As you guys are starting to reconnect. So now you got a long distance relationship mm-hmm. and you're you know co-parenting, single dad stuff, right? And you got two little boys now in the mix too, which I want to get into. But what's this is just something that I don't know, man. From the outside, it's enthralling to me. What's dating like with kids? <laughs> well, you know what? What it is, I think it is. It just takes a healthy respect and something that Austin and I established early on to say, look, you know, we're neither one of us, you know, really kind of went out and was quote unquote playing the field. Uh, what, you know, my point is, when you think dating, you think you know, back to when you were dating, back to when you were, uh, you, you know, 
you know, maybe not exclusively dating, but dating just around or, you know, college years, you know, thinking about sure. that kind of thing. And that's, that's, you know, that was a kid I think would be incredibly difficult and, and not responsible at all. Um, but, uh, although it would be nice to have someone who's obligated to get you like juice in the morning, you know, when you're not feeling well, be amazing, but, um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but that's, you no, know, I, I think it's, I think ultimately, you know, the way we handled it was, was simply to say, Hey, you know what, this has got to be done with, you know, discretion, um, but also with honesty. And that's something that I, again, I've given a lot of credit, you know, to Austin because she deserves all of it, you know, which is that, you know, she, we talked a lot about things and she and I have always been very open about things. And, and just to say that like, look, we're, we're going to tell our kids when we feel like this is more than just, you know, a, you know, when, when the, more than just a passing, Hey, we've dated casually and that's great. Once we kind of got to that point where, we knew this was legitimate and we were, you know, we were, you know, committed to each other, you know, solely. Um, I think that was something where we said, okay, we think we can tell our kids now that we have met someone and we've been dating someone. And because I don't think you want to spring that on your kids all at once, like, Hey, introduce this person that they didn't even know about. Right. I mean, that's yeah. something that, and that, that's hard, I think for kids because they look at that and go, well, okay, so mom or dad been dating and, and, and who is this person? And, and I think it's because you know, kids, when they think, when they meet face to face, I think they're so much more, they soak in people so much more, at least, you know, our kids did once they did have that face to face that we didn't want that to be the first time you'd ever heard of the other person. I just, we just didn't okay. want it to be that way. So, you know what I mean? So we, yeah, so we basically kind of gave it the preemptive, Hey, you know, this person is, is, is in my life. And that means that you're going to hear me talking to them. And that means that you're going to, uh, they may at some point maybe want to talk to you, which I think is what we did. We actually did talk to each other's, you know, children, you know, once we had made that, you know, introduction, uh, maybe a few days later, we even, you know, said, Hey, jump on the phone and let's talk or FaceTime or what have you. So some of that makes it a little more real. Um, but, uh, ultimately once the kids get a time to kind of digest it and ask questions, then I think later on, and, and I don't know the exact time frames, which Austin will not be happy about, but, um, <laughs> because she's, she's our, our, um, our, uh, keeper of all dates and uh and and when things happen which is right which is good because i can't remember what happened 10 minutes ago so there was a um, lot of a lot of natty light in the frat right <laughs> yeah, was, exactly it's, yeah. it's, i'm gonna blame brother fowler for that um <laughs> but uh but we uh yeah ultimately um you know it we decided at that point hey we'll get let the kids can you know meet we we met individually because of the travel you know they were in texas and i was in california so um you know we made you know when i was in in texas at one point we i got to meet you know her her two boys which was awesome and then at one point when she was out in california did the same with uh, with Peyton. so um you know it's it, i think it's that was how we chose to do it and it worked out really well for us so you met them kind of one-on-one or ish yep. right like you know it, it, what's so you're going from you had a, one single daughter mm-hmm. right to two energetic boys right that's an understatement yep Right, right. So like, okay, so I always talk to guys that are raising boys because my world is, as yours, yours <laughs> once paid, I'm sure, right? It's unicorns yeah. and, and rainbows and Take snuggles. Tail, lollipop. Yep. yep. Let's, all, let's, all, let's all snuggle on the couch and, and talk about our feelings or whatever, right? Like, and, yeah. and boys ain't that, right? So no. when you come into that conversation with them, I mean, are you trying to, you know, bro down or are you like, like <laughs> what's that like, man? Right. It, it, it was, that was, it was unique. And I think that that was something that, again, some people, and again, you have said some of the dads you've talked to would, whether on your show or not, would say, Hey, you know, we're, we're, did you always want a boy? And some guys like, yeah, I couldn't wait. I always want to have a boy. And I, I literally was with a guy who was like, I want a healthy kid. 
you know, and I know that's kind of a PC thing to say, but it's true. I wanted a healthy kid and, and, and I got one because I don't view Peyton's, uh, you know, autism as her being unhealthy. That just is a, that's just a, it's a part of who she is. So I look at it as, you know, again, there's, she, I, I, I got a daughter and I, I'm so glad to be the dad of a daughter. So it's to have the boys though, was, it was, again, talk about opportunity, what a cool thing to have not experienced before uh, to now you kind of get them when they're, you know, a little bit older, mind you. Uh, but nonetheless, it was, yeah, I, I took a tact where I wanted to kind of meet them on, on, on their level. Uh, didn't always do a great job of that because again, they're very, very active and, and much more active than my, my daughter is. Uh, and so uh, where I, Probably it, it, it definitely challenged me as as kind of a, a, a as at that time a I don't know what you are you're the person who mom's dating <laughs> you're not yeah right yet. so it's not really um, a name for that yeah there's no title there, exactly um, so it's but at the same time yeah it definitely uh, challenged me to to get out of some of my comfort levels and comfort norms of, of you know kind of always kind of being pretty tied to work and and but at the same time thinking okay you know, it can't just have a little bit of snuggle time or tea party time or whatever it may be, you know, that was you know, going to make them happy. They were, they want you, they want you outside. They want you, you know, building something or tearing something apart or whatever it is. And so that was, that was definitely something that I had to, to get used to, but I, I, I love it now. I mean, it was, it was, it was I'm glad that we're able to, to do that because they, they still challenge me and, and in a good way um, to, uh, to you know, basically just, Hey, you know, put the phone down or, or whatever, and let, let's, you know, we want to, we want you to be engaged with us. And, and that, that, that's a, that's a cool thing. And it, it definitely didn't require a whole, just keeping dose of testosterone or anything to make it work. It just was a, it literally was a kind of trying to find a way to what they like to do. And they both like as, as boys, they both like doing different things. So, um, but they also enjoy some of the similar activities, but uh, um, yeah, it was really just meet them on trying, trying to meet them on their level the best you could. That makes sense. That makes sense. And plus you're, you're, you're coming to the party a little late, right? So, right. Yeah, you're not, you know, you're not really shaping their, their youth per se, as much as, you know, you're, you're jumping in and, you know, let me be part of this in whatever way sort of seems like the right way. Absolutely. And that, 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 and that, that's, that leads down to, to kind of like, what do you do as a, as a, you know, once you kind of fast forward a little bit to being, then being stepdad, right. Formally, um, then it's again, a little bit different there. And too, and some of that is, you know, how do you, how do you manage your role kind of inside of a, of a home where you've got a, you know, I'm, I see on a monthly basis right now, I see, you know, my two stepsons more than I see, you know, at least physically than my daughter. Right. So cause we right. have them and we get, we get them, you know, about, you know, it's still 50, 50, you know, and for her or Austin and, and her um, ex-husband in terms of custody. So it's one of those things where you know, it's great, you know, cause you get, we get to see them a lot. Um, and you know, we, we see, you know, it's just the way we have things set up. We, we get to see the boys almost on a daily basis. And so it's, you know, one of these things where I've, said you know and Austin and I talk about this you know not a lot but we've we do talk about this and have kind of an, an, I guess a little bit of understanding is that you know I'm as a stepdad it's one of those things where how do you jump in you know regardless of the gender of, of your stepkids but how do you jump in and, and you know do you do you parent in such a manner where you know you're not the biological parent but at the same time you, you know, you're there as and I this is my catchphrase that I'm hoping someone will you know copyright for me but uh, um, if, if they don't that's fine but uh um, is to say that, uh, you know, I'm not here to make policy, but I'm absolutely here to enforce it. Um, and I like so, that, you know, and that's, I, I, I'm sure someone's going, uh, way ahead of me on that. If they're not, you and I got to start talking to, you know, patent people, make this happen. But I'm telling well, I you, just, it I is, just bought that dot com. I hope that's not a problem. I, just, I, know, I, just but, went ahead. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Scooped um, it out. I knew it. But I, I like that's a good way to say it because, like, you know, I, I was going to ask you, but I think you, you nailed it. Like, 
how do you enforce when you are coming from a different perspective than you would with Peyton? And, and right. you know what I mean? And, and I like the way that you're saying that, that like, you know, your mom has sort of set these rules. And of course, you've been involved in some of the conversations yep. behind the scenes. Yep. But um, what you're saying is, no, like, this is just the way it is. You know, this is, a, this is the answer. You know, this is the answer, right? Because it right. was the answer before I got here, you know, or right. the rule, you're right. answer. Yeah. And because that also leads in, by the way, to like, look, and this is something that I've, we've both said to our, our, our kids and, and being mine being Peyton and, and, and Austin's being her boys, but it's to say, look, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, will always be Peyton's dad. No one can take that away from her or from me. Right. I'll always be her father and her mom will always be her mom. And to the same way, her, their, the boys will, you know, also always be their mom and their dad will always be their dad. So, it's one of those things where, look, I have enough respect for, you know, the boy's father too, to say, Hey, look, you know, there's, you know, he and I are, are, you know, have a healthy respect for each other that I think we understand the roles and the individual, you know, kind of homes. And, and you know, ultimately it's like, look, you know, there's, you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disrupt that, you know, in, in terms of, of how, you know, we kind of operate. You know, like I said, I'm more more bailiff than judge another way to say it um i, I like that one by the way i, I took that one I, I, took, I just got the web got that. I've already got okay that one. Yep. good for you um but way to uh, stay ahead but, of but thank you well i learned uh, so <laughs> so it's uh, but again i think that's that's important but again you got to ride that line there too because at the same point while you know when we have all three of them together right we get all the kids you know when, when peyton's up for a weekend or what have you then it's interesting because then you you've got kind of this thing where and you again another you know, vulnerable, vulnerable moment here is that I talk about things I don't do well, um, and there are you know many. Um, but one of the things is is that you know in terms of when you're parenting all three of them together, because then all of a sudden it's okay I've got the the boys who I'm supposed to be kind of more policy enforcer, but then I've got you know my daughter who I'm policy maker. You know, so how do I how do I how do you kind of govern that so that you know there isn't a two tier parenting thing, which is something that, you know, Austin and I are work on, we work on it all the time. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, we look at it as, as you know, I'm not always perfect in that. And I, I, I tend to be, as I've looked back on it too, at times, you know, probably softer on, on Peyton than I am on, um, the, uh, on the boys. And that's something that, you know, isn't really isn't fair to anybody that's involved. And, and so it's taken work. It, it takes being able to say, Hey, I, I'm not doing this well. And you got to rely on, you know, at this point I rely on my spouse and she likewise relies on me to say, Hey, if I'm not seeing something or if we're not, we gotta be a team, right? I mean, if, if I, if I don't realize something's happening, bring it up. And, and yeah, when you, when you bring it up, it's not always a fun conversation, but at the same time, you, you think you have to be an adult about it and say, look, we're going to do what's best for our kids. And, you know, two to your parenting is, is just flat out not going to work. Um, and you gotta, you know, that your kids are where our kids are at the age, at least where they are going to call you on it, you know, and it's not, mm-hmm. it, it creates a bigger issue. So I think that's something that, uh, you know, again, we're, you know, something that I, I would say as a, as a dad, you know, you want to look at being, yes, I'm the one that runs the household and all that, but at the same time, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta maintain that balance of, of when everybody's together, you know, there's, uh, you know, our, we're lucky that our kids get to get along really well. They do all the same. Stupid do they, I was going to ask, like, crap. has yeah. that been, has that been tough to kind of slot it? Like, cause you know, Peyton all of a sudden is like big sister, which is like right. you know, age wise. Right. So right. like, has that been a strange change for the boys or like, you know, it sounds like they get along. Okay. That was what you're saying. They, they do. Um, they, they get along just fine. Um, and it, it hasn't really, again, luckily, you know, her, the her oldest stepbrother, you know, is a, a very dynamic personality and, and someone who, uh, it's a born leader. He, he literally is going to be a camp counselor or a, city planner or something i mean he literally is like this, he's just he's great with people and uh so he's 
he's kind of a natural leader, even though he's technically a year younger. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's kind of taken that room. Plus, with Peyton's, you know, kind of not super being on the ball from a, uh, a social perspective. Sure. I think it, it, it was a natural thing happened where, you know, uh, you know, her older stepbrother just kind of kind of fit into that role. And then they all just kind of, you know, filter together from there. So they get along real well. Um, but again, there's, they've been together long enough now where they've certainly uh, get each other's nerves and, you know, but it's, uh, yeah. that's, it's expected. So it's, but nothing where, you know, you've got anybody that's refusing to participate or any kind of real serious issues where, you know, we would really have to take some serious actions. We've, we've been lucky in that respect. Well, it's good. And in a way, like if they're getting on each other's nerves, that just means they're siblings, right? Like right. that's just, they're exactly. slotting in a kind of normal, normal patterns be. of behavior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, so. man. Thank you. I think that's as good a place to stop as any. Thank okay. you so much for the time, dude. I really appreciate it. I'm going to put down some links to the uh, stuff that we talked about. Awesome. Uh, and Morgan, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thanks, Scott. This is a lot of fun, man. I think what you're doing is really cool. And, and uh, uh, I am happy to be happy to be part of it. Thank you.